Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. Where we talk about... Local politics. National politics. Some culture. Lots of culture. Some movies. Definitely some movies? Maybe some books. Mmm. We talk about organizing. Absolutely. Let's talk about that movement work. Let's get into it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to say hi first? I can't even start this show. (laughs) This show is so hard to start right now. Well, we're starting. Okay. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Hey, Terry. How you doing? up, Coco? We back. Yeah. A little punchy, but we're here. Yeah. We we bought that life today. Uh, You have any... We had a good uh, start to a conversation the other day. Yeah. I can't remember it, though. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't write it down either. (laughs) That's why this is going to be great. Oh, man. It's going to be a great episode. I can already tell. Great. So we'll not talk about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait. What is it? What is it? What was it? Wasn't it reparations? Oh, we were talking about black wealth. We were talking about black wealth, yes. Mm-hmm. So that's a good topic. Oh, yeah. So maybe I did write it down. I wrote black excellence. Oh. So, so it I mean, must have been a reference to that conversation. In your mind, is excellence synom- synonymous with wealth? In my mind, blackness is synonymous with excellence. Mm. Mm. In my mind, blackness is synonymous with wealth. There, there you go. There you go. All right, let's do it. That's the episode. <laughs> I, I agree. Folks. Thanks I for agree. joining in. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then I did. You you did um, ask about whether or not I had checked out the shot spotter um, thing, mm-hmm. and I did look at the graph and read the article. Mm-hmm. So we could talk about that. Okay. Um, I think we covered gentrification, didn't we? That was last week. Uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, I feel like that episode might have been a little dry. You it was know a little I mean? dry. So if we wanted to revisit gentrification again, I, I don't really have anything to add to it, but like we could talk about it because well, we shouldn't talk about it if we have nothing to add. Well, then all right. Then if you don't have anything <laughs> nice to say, don't say anything at all. I guess. All right. Cool. <laughs> all right. Um. Yeah. So. Looks like we're going to have a pretty um, punchy show today. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, let's just get into it in a sec. All right. What's up, Coco? All right, Terry. Hi. (laughs) It's it's my turn to talk over you, apparently, today. Sorry. You know what? You should just do that. Well, you said I'm super mean. No, just (laughs) really took uh, that to heart. I did. I took it to heart. Okay. I've been thinking about it a lot. Okay. So, like, you know. We could, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it here, but like we could talk about being mean. Let's just talk about being hey, mean. Let's talk about it. How okay. mean is cocaine? I don't think that that's a. I don't think. You know what? This segment. <laughs> this segment is already getting cut. <laughs> this <laughs> this was getting cut. Hey Terry. Hey Coco. How you doing? I'm good. I mean, we're still here. Yeah, we are. Do you like my yellow outfit? I love the yellow outfit. I, I mean, <laughs> like I know. I know you said you look like a banana. I said I, I couldn't tell if I looked like a banana or if I look great. But when you told me I look like April O'Neil, I was like, oh, that's actually really cool. It's even better. Yeah, so. so I'd like to go with the Ninja Turtle reference. There you go. I'm, I'm feeling that one. <laughs> and not a banana. <laughs> and not, right. a banana. <laughs> not a banana. <laughs> All right, cool. So what are we talking about today? We're talking about, we're talking about black wealth. I think we got on this conversation because... You know, we were we were talking about these stories of family members that we have that, like, by the way, guys, we're not related. Just so you guys, just <laughs> just separate families, yeah, <laughs> but separate family separate members, separate black families. That's though. right. Yeah, That's right. We black, That's right. y'all. We, we black. black. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. 
Uh, yeah, but like in our families, we have these very wealthy folks, right? And like, I think for my comment was it felt like my folks sort of kept me away from that side of the family. And like, I also understand that they didn't want my folks, my immediate family didn't want to ask my rich family for money or anything yeah. and feel like they were in need. So I understand where that came from. But I think that's probably pretty common because in a lot of black families, because of the way this country has um, developed, there are there our families have mixed classes, mm -hmm. you know, financial classes. But I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's it's the wealth that makes all the difference all the time. You know, there are there are tons of black families who do really well emotionally and are supportive of one another and, you know, have a great life and work really hard and are completely happy mm -hmm. and, and give out all the good vibes and are just great. And then there's other families where, you know, they struggle, you know. I mean, I don't know about in your family, but I definitely have family members who were like, jailed for very long periods of time mm -hmm. because of like the crack laws and because of like you know marijuana sales and now people are getting rich off of marijuana sales right. you know so there's there's things all over the board there's entrepreneurs in every family and there's people who are struggling in every family right. and it's no different in black families and i think our conversation the other day just made me want to point out that you know we're kind of all the same in that way like mm -hmm. There's people all over the spectrum in every color. Mm -hmm. Some of them got a better deal than others. Um, due to institutional racism, it's a lot harder to get ahead for some. Mm -hmm. But yeah. if you're aiming for something, you can get there with support. Right. I think the other part of the conversation for me is is that there's the, the stereotype is, is that black people full stop are poor. Right. right. And they don't have anything and their family members don't have anything. And they so, could never and have anything. they could anything. never have anything. They're never building any outside of playing basketball mm -hmm. or maybe being an actor or a rapper. Yeah. Like they really don't have any wealth and that's not the truth. And right? even if they are one of those things, as soon as they're no longer in that industry, of course, they must spend every dime they have and, and there's dig no, themselves right. into a hole and never come out of it. And they were that example of what not to do when you get some right, money. Right, and that's not the truth. I think one of the things that I had mentioned to you was, so I have family in Arkansas, my grandfather's family, and then there's like homestead land in Arkansas. So that, that in Arkansas, that's ancestral land that's been in my family since like the mid 1800s, right? Mm. And that's a form of wealth, right? And like something that my family could always lean back on and have access to um, and grow from whenever they needed to. Um, and I, I even think that, I mean, this kind of gets into the conversation that like wealth isn't always like something that's financial. Some right. Sometimes it's those generational things that are passed down from family to family. Another thing that makes me wealthy is all of my grandmother's cast iron, right? <laughs> like you're never going to find any cast iron like this ever again because it was passed down from hand to hand to hand to hand. And like it's priceless now, you know what right, I mean? Right, and right. like those are, those are the things that are wealthy to us. But I think, yeah, getting back to that conversation of, of the stereotypes, I, I, it does it does blow people's mind a little bit sometimes when they hear like oh oh y'all you got how much you know you live where you did what you know what I mean and work where because yeah. oh my god you have a degree <laughs> right oh more than that, one that right. oh more than two right what are you doing I didn't know black people had PhDs yeah yeah <gasps> big surprise big surprise, <laughs> big surprise. I big mean surprise. it may be not necessarily in this area I feel like in the valley it's a little 
it's a little more, you know, understanding, but you still get that, like, the side comments, and it's almost like, uh, it's almost like the people know Mm -hmm. that it exists, but they can't imagine that it exists for you and your family. Like, they don't know any black people who actually have anything good going on. Right. Right. And, and I mean, I think that, but that, they don't also don't know very many black people. So. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that a lot of it, a lot of it, like for where I grew up, where I was raised in a community mm-hmm. called Chocolate City outside <laughs> um, in and around D.C. area. So, you know what I mean? We saw black life in and I was talking to somebody about this the other day for for me growing up. It was definitely like we said black as like a very umbrella term but like when you scratch the surface of folks that were in dc you were running into folks who were from the african diaspora that was senegal nigeria kenya you know it wasn't just black americans that made up dc um but that's why that's why i was raised and so you know seeing black life kind of lived and experienced and grown in all facets like yeah sure seeing rich Black folks every day, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's nothing, you know. It's what not I mean? an anomaly. It's like not an some anomaly think at all. It is. Right, right. It's <laughs> not, well, and the other part is go to Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> go to, go to Atlanta, and then like you know that that wealth that that's that's down there is a whole other right. level. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, you yeah, you'd be very surprised some of you <laughs> folks that are coming out of the valley and seeing how folks have caught. Another one, really great example. I saw. I mean, this is kind of going back, but I visited Detroit. I don't know if you ever been to Motown. Oh yes, I have. My grandma lived around the corner from Motown. Yeah, see, like that story—that's another story of black wealth, right? And like how the Barry Gordy's family kind of like supported Motown growing and Mm -hmm. becoming, and and Barry Gordy was able to like build that out for his for his family. Somewhat, I don't want—I don't know how much his family is reaping the benefits (laughs) of that now, but yeah, that was all that was all family supporting him and getting him started. And so, I want more of those things. That's, That's I think about that all the time. I'm like. I want to live like Barry Gordy's family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I always imagine like living on a compound with a bunch of houses with all of my family, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it'd be really fun. I don't know if I could have all my family. I mean, as long as everybody's in their same, their own house there, I think it could work. No, no. (laughs) That's why we scattered, right? Like I got family in California, Rhode Island, like New Hampshire. But they're not scattered because they don't like each other. Nah, it's because we understand that if we stay around each other for too long, we not going to like each other. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, I, yeah, I, I could see that maybe, but I also. I don't know. I, I feel like there's nothing better than than hanging out with family. But maybe it's maybe it's because I didn't grow up around a lot of family. So for me to, to get to go, you know, and see like cousins in Atlanta or Pittsburgh or Tennessee or Detroit, mm-hmm. you know, um, for me, it feels really special. But it's also absolutely because I, I don't get to see these people enough. Right. And I'm always like I always feel um, so fulfilled mm-hmm. after seeing everybody yeah yeah that's kind of how like i'd love hanging out with my family my family is super fun but i think you kind of mentioned it earlier there are so many different dynamics that happen in the family whether you have a different religious belief that could Mm. cause some static you know what i mean we got colorism that happens in our family too because some folks is light skin some folks is dark skin you know what i mean and like all of those things 
after a while, after all of the the like honeymoon phase, kind yeah, of phase then, away, then it gets then it gets real. <laughs> then you start to look back and the cookout is all segregated. Everybody's all in their own little cliques in the backyard, and you just like, what you're happened? Like, oh wait, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> this is why we all live in different places because <laughs> right. we can only see each other at the family reunion. That's it. Just come through for the re- <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Hang out. You're it's good seeing you. God, I feel so uh, naive about about <laughs> family. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I really like long for family, but it's definitely because it's just my mom and my dad in Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Yeah. And then you got to go like, but you. But you go for fun stuff because you're like, I'm going to see family because there is a giant picnic or Mm -hmm. a birthday Mm -hmm. or Or, whatever thing. A retirement party or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. like everybody's going to be here doing this thing and it's going to be great and everybody's in a good mood and everybody's happy and excited and then everybody leaves. It's like like not having kids and like babysitting or something. So (laughs) I guess for me, I'm also, I'm so I'm a Keystone kid, which means I'm the second of three children. So naturally by the stars and some other folks believe that like we tend to try to hold things together. So because of that role, the because of that, the role that I play in my family is always trying to call and keep people together. Like I'm the one that calls everybody. You ain't got to really? call me. You ain't got no. Don't call me. I'll call you. I'll call you. Trust me. I will call you. And like try to like if anything happens, I'm the one that's like, oh, let me go and tell so and so, so the so and so knows, and then so and so. Yeah, I'm that guy. That's me oh, in the family. Nice. But somebody's got to play that role because that like, you know, I I, have, I tell people all the time. I'm like, how often do you talk to your your folks and you live with your mom so like yeah. you know what i mean but i like, talk to my mom a lot but some, even my dad sometimes he's like oh you're still alive and i'm like dad i talked to you like two days ago it's been like so two <laughs> days like what are you talking about that's hilarious that's <laughs> oh i'm so happy you had time to call me oh. i'm like oh really dad <laughs> yeah, i got i got i got I got text messages I need to respond to, too, so I shouldn't laugh too hard. I got Talking some, all that over I got there. Some, yeah, I got some aunts that, like, I did not, like, all day today, I was just like, you know what? I ain't even going to get back to you today. <laughs> the whole day, I can't do it. And then they're going to listen to the, this, and they're going to be like, oh, really, Terry? Oh, really, Terry? Yeah, they're just going to throw me all kind of shade. Shouts so out to have, the aunties. Yeah, shouts out to the aunties for real. <laughs> I, I got to do better, too. I mean, we How can all do better, yeah, I we, guess. Oh, man. Well, while we're doing that, we'll take a break and think about the ways <laughs> we'll in which we could do, do better. <laughs> hey, Terry, guess what? What? I put out some really wrong information about the summer farmer's market. Oh, a good old-fashioned adventures and organized chaos <laughs> redaction. <laughs> well, basically, I think... Basically, the um, location change for the summer. And um, so they're going to be having the Holyoke Farmer's Market instead of at the Veterans um, Park. They're going to have it at uh, Holyoke Heritage State Park, which is located at 221 Apple Street. Awesome. And they're not having it every other Saturday. They are having it every Saturday. Every Saturday? Yes. Which is pretty great. That's awesome. And they block off a part of the street there. And it's really, really nice. Um, It's like a lot of fun. I went. Uh, this last one or the first one Mm -hmm. and there were some great vendors and um, lots of Holyoke peeps and there was some live music and it's really a great cause to support it Mm -hmm. makes uh, fresh food super accessible Um, got some bomb tomatoes that Mm -hmm. tasted like tomatoes which in this day and age is something special for sure yeah yeah and there and you can also pick up your healthy passport 
your healthy living passport there at the uh, farmer's market, right? Yep. You can pick up your healthy living passport. You can get it stamped. Mm-hmm. Um, you They take SNAP benefits. And um, last week when we were going, when we went, um, the the con- conservation um, office was taking surveys of like climate situation in Holyoke for residents and how they feel about it. And nice. they gave you a $20 um, coupon to use at the farmer's market That's awesome. when you took the survey. So it's just a win-win. Just win-win all the way around. All right. Uh, well, I guess I'll see you at the farmer's market. <laughs> yeah, don't forget to stop by. It's 1030 to 3 every Saturday throughout the summer. Awesome. See you then. All right. Bye. We're back with the cop show. That <laughs> <laughs> so was just, just how we more cops. More, more cops. More cops. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about the shot spotter report? Spot though? shotting? Yeah. I was in a, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I was in the ma- in Mass Live commenting on that, um, on the shot spotter report. Mm. And I just, I just want to, I just want to admit didn't it. Tell me about that yet? No, I just want to admit it. That's all that I did it. I want to talk <laughs> about the article. I, I didn't see any comments on the article. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. But I did um, pull up this amazing graphic that no one can see mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. through the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you had radio the, vision, the podcast, <laughs> right? Cast vision, um, but it's. I was actually. I mean, since this basically just says, you know, where are the gunshots? I'm, I realize I'm not speaking yeah, into get the into mic. Your I'm sorry. I'm sorry, go. people. Um, it shows where shots were fired or detected, mm-hmm. and you know, I was. I thought it was kind of nice to see there wasn't a whole lot of activity in the flats that are supposed to be so, you know, so so bad, so, bad, so, so bad. dangerous. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a whole lot of activity in the flats. Um, there was almost no activity in Elmwood um, downtown, like kind of downtown Ward Four. I thought was had a lot more. I would have thought had more activity by the way we're we're um, depicted sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but I mean. It's it's not as it's not as bad as I thought. It's mm-hmm. bad, um, but I didn't feel like I just didn't feel like uh, the results we're seeing match the narrative of these neighborhoods. So and a, it, it was it was a nice surprise for me. There's an interesting. Now that I'm looking at this, there's some interesting legalese that's going on here that I feel like needs to be parsed out because that first line says yellow pins are confirmed shot spotter activations. Right. They don't say gunshots. Right. It says activations. Right. Because we don't really know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that, that I don't know what we're called. Like, again, they're just activations. They don't necessarily say gunshots. Because I'm looking over there, like, headed into Hadley. Like, what's up over there? Like, who's shooting, who's shooting <laughs> shots on the bridge? Like, what's I going on? I mean, that's up? by the water. Maybe somebody's just practicing into the water. No. That one, that the or, one. Or you think it's a car backfiring? There's one that's in the middle of the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> two activations actually in the middle of the bridge. Yeah, that's weird. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's a good point. You know, it's a very strange report um, because it's just a graphic, and it doesn't talk anything about what to compare it to. It's not saying anything about, um, you know, what was found before this. So I would like to see numbers that compare to this time last year and what the police mm. actually reported as you know now that said no shell casings and no victims right where was i think some shell casings were recovered in some of these activations yeah i think 30 there was so i read something else that was like 
said something like 156, I want to say, shots or um, activations were detected by the spot shotter, shot spotter, Mm -hmm. spotting the shots of activating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that only 34 shell casings were actually recovered. So... I mean, that gets to your point that they're activations. If only 34 shells are recovered, then where are they? Where are rest? <laughs> if these are all, I mean, if these are all shots, you know, well, that's my gunfiring. Yeah. So maybe yeah. there were only 34 shots fired. Or, or maybe people are taking the shell casings with them. You think so? I mean, they could. I mean, technically. I, I mean, I mean, that could happen. Are you out there with a metal detector? Like, where are my shell casings? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't uh, know anything about this. World. I don't know anything about this world either. But I'm just saying. <laughs> I watch a, some CSI and some. Do people files. pick up their shell casings sometimes? Yeah, in like city streets. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do Again, they fall know. right, b- like below you <laughs> when you're firing? Somewhere close by. Where they you just get... fall at your feet. Mm-hmm. They don't. They don't I, go somewhere else and fall. I don't. I shoot shotguns, Coco. I don't shoot handguns. <laughs> I like. I like shoot. I'm just overshared way too much. But I like shotguns better than handguns. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah. I don't know. So enough. I don't know anything. I don't know nothing. I've taken a class, but I don't remember where the shell casings went. Yeah, I used to sport shoot back in the day. That was something okay. that I was into. Yeah, <laughs> I lived a lot of life, Coco. Um, but looking at these, <laughs> not me, not me. <laughs> looking at these. Uh, Looking at these, is uh, this map, I'm definitely, as I said, I'm, I feel confirmed that this is, I don't think that this is policing, but I'll just say that. Well, and also, you know, it was mentioned that the detection or system is has to learn mm-hmm. what what a mm-hmm. what the difference is between these activations. So, so that's the other thing that's interesting. So we're not really sure what this yeah. is right now. That's also why I felt kind of some type of way because I feel like these numbers are high. Yeah. And I feel like over time these numbers will diminish. I think you're right. Which if I was a Fortune 500 company like ShotSpotter publicly traded, you know. Yeah. And I was trying to sell myself to a city, you know, I would be very worried that like this system would eventually like diminish and you wouldn't need me anymore you know what i mean so try to get what i can out of city and federal I, funding i think i'm picking up what you're putting you, you down. Pick, picking up what i'm putting down <laughs> it's almost like snake oil right a little bit kind like of. a little like snake oil <laughs> kind of yeah and then even the um even the the news like report on this didn't again didn't compare it to anything like mm-hmm. I can't stand these supposed informational <clears throat> informational like articles and informational things coming from our departments that don't really say anything. Mm-hmm. Like compared to what? Right. You know, this compared to what? Compared to like without. Just give me with shot spotter and without. Yeah, give you me know this what I mean? time last year. Just yeah. last year is we didn't have it last year. We have yeah. it now. Like just put it together and show me the the Give me the details. Yeah. Like, what are you telling me right here? Other than you detected some stuff. I well, think, we knew it would detect something. I think the one thing that, like, this is telling, this that article tells the tells Holyoke residents is that ShotSpotter was installed. <laughs> yes, it was. Because a lot of people didn't even realize it was installed. Ah. 
Oh, and that shot yeah. spotter was installed and that there's actually an, a report of it having been installed for right. some time now. And then there's also this, the scare tactic side of it that says, you know, 156 activations since January. Right. Like Again, activations. And it's not, it's not broken down into what that means. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't compare to how many phone calls they received like this time last year versus this year. How, how many of that was the was the beat up Maxima? <laughs> you know what I mean? The loud pipes. Right. How, how many of them? <laughs> Shouts out to everybody out there driving a Maxima. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that this, I think that like we'll continue to watch these reports. We'll right continue now to see them. But right now it's not even like, it, I, like I said, I think the big takeaway for me, even in this article is like, wait, ShotSpotter is installed and they already like are collecting data. Like wasn't yeah. even, wasn't even ready. Wasn't even aware that that was happening. So right. It happened very quickly. Yeah, it did happen very quickly. Um, and yeah, I like like you said, I don't think that it's actually doing what we want, what, what we expected it <laughs> to do, maybe. I don't well, know. It also just once again shows our city's priorities and, you know, how we spend our money um, and what we can do very quickly if we want to. Because this went through that 60K, mad fast, right? yo. 60K, right? Um, was that? 50, 50, but it was a grant. Okay, well. But eventually, we'll have to pay for things to keep this up. That's what I'm you saying. Know? That's what, the first one's free. <laughs> yeah, they get you hooked. Right. <laughs> Sell some narratives. So, keep you on the books. Keep you, keep you thinking about <laughs> it. Keep it. Keep you on. You know. Keep the scare tactics That's coming. Right. That's right. Eight hundred activations. Nine thousand activations. <laughs> Seven hundred of them were in the sewers. <laughs> like what <laughs> good one well we'll we'll come back to some more copy reporting about shot spider for when the next uh article comes out that's right we'll, we'll be here folks we'll be here on the front lines reporting to you live from shot spider capital of the world Holy yeah. Massachusetts. all activations reported that's right no activation goes unreported <laughs> i'm sorry all talk right. to y'all <laughs> take a break bye oh. Hey, Terry, what's going on? Hey, Coco. So I just wanted to update you. On May 20th, there is a Stop the Pipeline rally happening in Springfield, and you should tell a friend. Okay, cool. What's that all about? So for a long time, and I mean a long time, Springfield Climate Justice Coalition, Neighbor to Neighbor is a part of that, um, has been standing out against Eversource expanding their current pipeline in Springfield. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're calling this... uh, um, they're calling it a reliability project, uh, I believe is the term. Eversource um, is calling it a reliability project? So they're yeah. disguising it as maintenance? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're oh doing. Oh, my God. So they're building this second pipeline through the city uh, to say that maybe, just in case something bad happens with the first one, we got another one. Yeah, they just want to in, like install this giant new project as backup, like, like they do anything f- for backup. Yeah, yeah, for backup. So anyways... Folks will be out May 20th at Stern Square uh, at noon um, and neighbor to neighbor. Some other folks will be out there. So just want to shout that out on the podcast. Very nice. Thanks, Terry. Awesome. See you there. That was better. Yeah. (laughs) Since uh, Coco's dressed like April (laughs) O'Neil from Ninja Turtles. Hi. Hi. Yellow jumpsuit. That's me. We're going to talk about the media. We're going to talk about the news. Uh Oh, Um, recently in the news. I don't know if you saw. But, uh, yeah, we're going to pull it up so we got the facts. But New England public media has had some let goes. 
um, some firings, some terminations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the stat there about like, was it like 35 to 40% of them? Oh, they cut 20% of its staff. And I think a so they cut 20%, 17 full and part-time staff, staff members were laid off, mm-hmm. including the entire team of the weekly magazine format public affairs television show, mm-hmm. Connecting Point. Mm-hmm. Connecting Point is so good. I can't believe I it. I can't believe that I got cut. Um, and then the media lab got cut where Johan is working. Yeah, from... From Holyoke Media. Shouts out to Holyoke Media. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that was, and then a lot of those folks were Latinx, Hispanic, and of, uh, folks of color who did end up losing their jobs there. So just. This article does not cover that part. No. Um, yeah, it probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the conversation was, is like the New England public media is, again, I'm not trying to take shots at job, but like the, in the word on the street is that they're trying to direct their programming more to white and affluent folks and i just want y'all to know i donate five dollars a month <laughs> happily, I, do too. I swear five dollars a month to new england public media not anymore i don't man I, I just want passport i like having access to all the like extra pbs documentaries and stuff so yeah it's like, worth it for five bucks for five bucks it's so worth it <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm, I'm a pbs kid too so i like that's all the other thing is like I grew up with public media in the house. That's all I ever watched. Yeah. And so well, I'm like, from the city of, you know, I'm from the city of Mr. Rogers. So there you go. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could you not? Right. It's like, just a part of our fabric. Yeah. We had like for in Maryland, you had like Howard's public access, public TV station. So you had a lot of like black programming that was on PBS. So it was like, mm. this is a black show right now. It's a very black show. I, I really want, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of our <laughs> shells here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. I wonder what the backlash will be because, you know, the, the the news came out that they laid off 20% of, mm-hmm. of folks, but I haven't seen a lot of coverage of which folks, you know, it just says 17 people got laid off and 20% of the staff, but... Um, it is at this point common knowledge that most of those staff members were people of color and Latinx. So um, I think that's a really, I think this is another interesting story to follow because there's going to, there's definitely going to be more coming out about this. Yeah. I think the most interesting thing for me is the, there was a, somewhere in like JFK's archive or someone's archive, there is a conversation with, with like one of these old school leaders from Western Mass. And the question was posed to him about like the media in Western Mass. Like this was probably back in the 70s, 60s or 70s. And the comment that he made about media in Western Mass was that most of it is Republican, very conservative media. Really? Um, and there's very like little liberal outlets in Western Mass. And and I kind of believe it. If you look at a lot of our news, a lot of our journalism that happens, a lot of it is is very conservative and leans heavily on the right Um, and isn't really truly always in favor of the people. Um, And I just think that that's, it's interesting to think of that being historical, right? Something that historically Western Mass has been struggling with is to like include everyone's voice and to like tell stories that affect everyone. And in a way that, like, 
I mean, uh, in a way that doesn't necessarily choose one side or the other, but like just presents the facts and the information. Yeah. Well, wasn't, I mean, there used to be a law, uh, a national law for like fair journalism where like if you spoke on one topic. Tell that the Fox News who just paid out like $800 million (laughs) in a lawsuit for defamation. Notice I said there used to be. Or like payout. There used to be. There was a law where like media stations used to have to report on kind of both sides of an issue. And. It doesn't exist anymore. I don't know if it doesn't exist. I feel like people just figured out how to work around it to be no, able I'm to still. Sure, I'm pretty sure it doesn't exist, but now you're making me second guess there, myself. There, I'm, you know, we're not experts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're not. I'm not an attorney, so I don't know the law like that. Um, but I do know, I do know that media outlets are responsible. They have a certain responsibility um, for the news that they that they put out. Um, and it's different than like on social media. Social media could also be considered a news outlet, but it's kind of in this quasi space right now. What are you finding, Coco? Um, well, I was just finding some info about the fairness doctrine, mm, which is there you go. And that was um, introduced in 1949 um, because of a monopoly in the media. Yeah, right. monopoly in the media. So that was instituted, but I was under the impression that it was. It was dropped. No, it. I think it's still supposed to be adhered to, but like there are, our, our media really has shifted. Our news has shifted from being about information to being more about entertainment and getting people to like believe in these ideas. Well, it just shouldn't be called news. <laughs> it's infotainment. It's infotainment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it just it just it's just not news. Right. It's just like a loop of of infotainment um, with a bunch of uh, medication commercials in between. I will take this pill and <laughs> don't and, be depressed. <laughs> and don't be depressed while you watch us like Talk beat you over the head with the same story exactly. for two weeks about violence, about fires, <laughs> about nothing. And really. you wonder why people are paranoid. They're sitting around watching these like horrible, yep. n- you know, infotainment news shows that like drill propaganda into their minds full time. There's a there's a very great documentary. I may have mentioned it on the show, The Brainwashing of My Dad. And it's about this lady who like watched her dad over the years like just be sucked into not just Fox News, but also conservative talk radio. And here was this guy who was like a heal the world, love everyone type of person. And then over the years he just grew to be more bitter, bitter and angry and hate this person or that people group or whatever. And it was all really just coming from Fox <clears throat> Fox News, conservative radio. And then the other one that a lot of people don't think about is emails. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of folks who, like, I guess it, if you feel a sense of importance, you get an email from the office of Donald Trump or whoever, you know what I mean? And yeah. it says, I need your help right now. And it's this urgent call to action. And, and like, folks, yes, I want to help this cause. Yep. And so that's they how need easily, me. easily folks get sucked into it. But that's kind of... In the nutshell, that conversation about the brainwashing, there's a lot of other bits and pieces that are well, there. It's also, I mean, not just political brainwashing, you know, by any means. It's also like creating anger, mm-hmm. creating, <clears throat> creating um, anger, creating like these scarcity complexes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there's just so much negativity, you know. And actually, I'm at the point where if some if somebody's being kind of like mean in public, I think. 
you know, what is like, what are they watching that has them like acting like this? Or what are they, what are they taking into their lives? Because everybody doesn't just have like a raw deal. Some people are like, are like creating anger in their lives and and making these making big, big issues and problems. And and again, it's a both and thing for me because you have, you have one side that's exploiting sometimes some very real issues that you're facing right right? yeah and that that's really what's happening is like instead of actually helping you solve those issues they're just gonna like make you mad about them right and like help and and lead you to hate somebody i remember many years ago when i was working at this delivery spot there was a garden gardener lady who used to like you know take care of the grounds or whatever and i remember having a conversation with her something about politics but her comment about everyone needing a dog to kick right and Uh. needing somebody to like put down and i was like there's so much truth to that because i feel like there's a lot of people out there that just feel like they need to have somebody put down and and to blame someone or scapegoat better right and so that's where that kind of getting back to that that's where that blame game comes from right thinking about it it's just like you know folks need somebody to blame yeah need a target okay so this may or may not be totally related to this, but I oh. had an anger, an angry encounter yesterday with someone. I wasn't angry. Mm-hmm. I was just pulling into a parking spot. So I start backing into a parking spot at mm-hmm. the grocery store, and this car who was, you know, pulling in behind me, I thought he was just waiting for me to back into my spot so he could pass. Totally went in my spot. Oh, while I was backing in, and then was like giving me a dirty look. Mm. And then he got out of his car and kind of like looked at me all crazy. And I just busted out laughing. Uh Like I was just like, wow. Like what kind of day are you having that this is what you need to do to make, like you feel better about yourself? I hope so. Because you stole my, you stole my parking spot. Like that's what you do. That's what you're out here in these streets doing. That's (laughs) how you move these. That's how we move. There was another spot right next to it. So I just pulled into that one. You know, it's, it's like, it's not that serious, but encounters like that make me think about, What's going on in people's lives that has them acting like that? Right. And like, like he really, I, I think he really f- got something out of that. Yeah. Like yeah. he needed to do that. Right. It just like <laughs> stroked his ego a little bit more, yeah. you know what I mean? And had him, yeah. And somebody else saw it and he looked at me, and, you know, he kind of shrugged his shoulders and I was just like, hey, people, you know, have have rough stuff going on. Right. They, you got, know? Like, they got a lot of things happening <laughs> like, over here. I so. can't let that, I can't let that experience like mess up the rest of my day at all like it's right. not that serious and if 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 you got a good if you got something out of that i guess right. good for you <laughs> cuz as somebody else that could have really messed up their whole day and and that's and throw them right over the edge you know like people are dealing with craziness all right coco i'm gonna leave you with this <laughs> the quote is he oh, i love your quotes he who angers you conquers you Ooh, I like that. He that's, who angers you conquers you. And I mean, I know that that's got some weird connotation to it, but it was always in the back of my head that this is why I don't let anybody ruffle my feathers. It's like water off a duck's back for the most part. Over I'm an Aries now. Don't don't, <laughs> don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't get it twisted. But he who angers you conquers you. I like that. There you go. Well, I, I guess I, I won one small battle yesterday. You, you're a I was, winner. I was not conquered. Listen, I think we started off this episode talking about how angry and aggressive Coco was, and now we're getting somewhere. Now we get into a place of healing. And that's that's how, that's therapy, folks. This has been... <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
I'm, I'm taking in a lot of propaganda. It's right. making me so mad. It's angry. You need to stop listening to that rap music. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. Yeah. Thanks for all the uh, the uh, wisdom you've dropped today. I That'll really be $5. <laughs> Same price as my driveway. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that's been good. Thanks, Terry. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, I all like right. it. All right. <laughs> Let's chat next time. Bye. I can't do this. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us on Adventures in Organized Chaos. I'm Terry. <laughs> this is Coco. I'm going to step on all her words. <laughs> it's okay. We're in this together. Yeah. Solidarity. <laughs> See you next time. Ha, <laughs> ha,